Hi everybody, it's Tom from Cricket Coach 365 and welcome to our latest podcast. Hi everybody, it's Tom from Cricket Coach 365 and welcome to our very latest podcast and I'm uh, delighted and really appreciative of um, our new guest's uh, time today. It's Chris Watmo, a former England cricketer, a former PE teacher, um, where not only did uh, Chris uh, teach cricket, but also hockey and other sports, and she organised ski trips at Wallington High School in Surrey uh, and Langley Park School for Girls in, in Kent. Chris, thank you ever so much for making time uh, today and welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So our first question to all of our guests um, is just to tell our listeners how you first got interested or was involved with the game of cricket. Well, we lived in Preston, forward Preston, Lancashire. Um, Behind the houses there was a field and there happened to be 22 of us, 21 boys and me. (laughs) We used to go to this field and in the winter we played our football and in the summer we played our cricket and the road round the houses was about 440 yards in those days and we used to do athletics meetings on the road um and that's how i started so i uh enjoyed my cricket and enjoyed my football uh we then came down south because my father was a journalist and got a job at reuters so we moved south and I didn't play any cricket at all until I was in the sixth form at school and my PE teacher introduced me to another local PE teacher who was a cricketer. She actually became the manager of the England cricket team, Val Hesmond Holsch, wonderful coach, brilliant coach. And uh, so she introduced me to a club. Uh, so I was 16, started playing club cricket and then... Um, went on to represent the Kent Juniors and Kent Seniors. And in 1967, I was lucky enough to be selected to go to Holland with the Young England team. Wow. Let, let's uh, let's just stop you there because you, you, you've, you've almost kind of given us, um, you've whetted our appetite so much, but let's just ex- explore a little bit more about that time when you first... Um, recall playing with all the all the boys it, it was very precise you said there were 21 boys in you and uh, you had athletics meetings on the 440 yard um, street so that's obviously a very clear memory and, and how, how old were you at that time was it sort well, we moved of junior south school? When I was, we moved south when I was nine so it was uh, primary school years really yeah uh, Jeff and I used to he was a neighbor we used to run to school um, which was a mile, it used to take us seven minutes, and we used to have to cross the A6, which is uh, mm. just close to the M6, and the traffic warden had the traffic stopped as we approached the zebra crossing, and away we went. We never never had to stop. It was just brilliant. And, and that's what it was like. We were just a, a unit of children who, who did everything together. If there was snow in the field, we'd go sledging and that sort of thing. You know, we just played together. And these were these were friends just from the street, were they, Chris? That you kind of uh, got to know. Just locally, yeah, just locally. There were just a lot of children. We were all about the same. Some a little bit older, obviously, mm. but uh, it was just great fun. And I can remember not long after we moved south, 
we went back to see my grandparents and they'd arranged a, a cricket match on forward cricket ground against another local children's team and I was invited to play in that. So that was my first uh, encounter of playing on a proper cricket pitch, which was great fun. Lovely. And and the the move down south, um, you said that you didn't play cricket for a, uh, for a while until you got into sixth form. So was that just... Um, you know, was it by chance that uh, you know somebody asked you, "Do you want to play?" or, or do you expressed an interest um, when you got to that age? Well, talking to my PE teacher, I did play at the other school. I did play rounders and hockey and netball and everything, and did athletics. But um, talking to this PE teacher when I transferred to this, this the um, Cooper School, she said, "What sports do you like?" And I mentioned cricket. Oh, she said. Val Hesmondhall, she's at the local grammar school and she is a cricketer. And so I was introduced. Uh, in fact, Val came up to our school to do some indoor coaching and that's really how it started. And then in the summer, we used to go down to her nets and uh, play there. So I was very lucky, very lucky indeed. And and Val, you described as an amazing coach. So what, what was it about her that you um, you remember being so amazing? But she could just, if you had a, a, a problem, she'd just put her finger on it straight away. She was very encouraging, uh, very knowledgeable. She was an advanced uh, cricket coach, um, which encouraged me to take that award later on. And, uh, you know, she was, just, she was just one of those good coaches. And, you know, there used to be 50, 60 girls out on the field playing cricket after school, which was a lot in those days, in the sort of middle 60s, when that's when we're talking. Thing. yeah that's incredible and and how did it come to pass then that you having um been introduced to val started playing um was it was it school cricket exclusively or club cricket as well before then county it was it was it was club cricket really right. um the women's cricket association wca as it was called purely amateur association and they ran all the cricket in the in the country and um, each area or each county had its uh, representative each county ran senior teams and junior teams and uh, that's how it worked so um, Val was the junior organizer for Kent okay so uh, as a 16 year old she invited you did she to trial for Kent um, yeah. under 16s under 18s or something Kent Juniors. It was just called Kent Juniors. Yes. And what do you would you remember much about that that trial or that process? Um, well, we had to go along to a playing field, and we we did our batting and our bowling, and then they selected the team. And in the team was um, Heather Judney. She was the captain. She later became an England player, and Barbara Burden, who went to both of those two went to Langley Park. So they learned because Langley Park cricket so they learned their cricket at Langley Park so um yes it was great fun great fun and, and when you um when you first played what about your first game how did you feel uh going out to play in your first game for, for Kent Juniors very nervous but uh it was just it was a real pleasure to do it you know it's great fun meeting all these people but as I say very nervous as you always are when you play a, a, a game for the first time and it was just just fun. We I we I think we played Middlesex and Surrey Juniors, 
Um, and did you bat and bowl, or were you a keeper? What was your area of specialism? Uh, basically batting, basically batting, but I did off spin, or right. tried to do off spin bowling. Yeah. Okay, so um, so having having made your uh, your debut for the juniors, um, tell us a little bit more about how things progressed to that time when you got invited to uh, to become part of the the England setup. Well, by then I'd gone to Dartford College of Physical Education okay. and uh, Mary Duggan, a famous England cricketer and uh, one of the best all-rounders and uh, an England cricket captain, she was a vice principal there. So co uh, cricket was on the uh, curriculum. And um, I started playing for the college team and then, uh, you know, obviously seeing playing junior matches and what have you. And um, I'd been to Kent Trials didn't make the first team the first couple of years, but then obviously seen by selectors and was selected as a, a junior to go to Holland. We only right. went for four or five days but and played on matting wickets, which was uh, quite an interesting uh, experience. But good fun, very good fun. Excellent. And, and what was matting wickets like when you first played on those? Um, just, I think we were more unsure of our foot... Um, you know, a foothold than anything else because, to, to, well, we couldn't wear spikes. That, that was the first thing because they dig into the matting. Yeah. Um, it seemed as if grass underneath seemed to be a bit long and uh, it seemed a bit bumpy. But anyway, we managed and uh, I think we, we won our matches, um, which was great fun. Superb. And um, what about uh, then when the, the, the England, uh, England selectors came calling? Well, we used to have we used to play county cricket, and then we had representative cricket, and, and um, we also had territorial cricket, which was one step up from county. Yeah. So Kent was in the east, so it would it would be East Anglia, um, Kent, that's that Middlesex and uh, Surrey were in the south. So we had the territorial regions, and I went to Kent trials. Eventually, got into the Kent first eleven then played for the East, and then from the territorial teams, they selected representative uh, teams. And my first representative match was at Hereford, at the Bulmers ground at Hereford, and all the England selectors were there, and we played a three-day match. And um, from there, they selected 20 people, uh, 10 uh, from that, yeah, 20 people, as possible tourists for Australia in 1968 and New Zealand 69. So we'd go from Australia to New Zealand. They then, by the end of the season, selected 10 definites and 10 possibles. And I was on the possible list. And at this time, I was in my third year at college. So I had the... <laughs> I had the... To go to an interview for a job... And to be in the 10 not selected, but possibly selected, I was going and saying, well, if you offer me this job and if I'm selected for England, please may I have four and a half months leave of absence in my first year, <laughs> which was um, quite an experience. But I uh, got a job at uh, Wallington High School and they were a cricket school. They played cricket. So, um, you know, they knew all about the tour, so I didn't have to ask that embarrassing question. They talked to me about it. <laughs> so 
So they were quite flexible in in it in terms of if, if you were selected, then uh, they were happy for you to go. They were happy for me to go. It was leave of absence, but no pay. Right. So okay. that, that was quite hard. And uh, because we were an amateur association, yeah. Um, when the teams were announced, in fact, we were 16 players and Val, the 17th, was the manager of the England team. We actually had to pay £500 for our airfare. Um, the government did give us a grant. Um, so mum and dad, the bank of mum and dad, of course, came in very handy. You know, having been a student, one didn't have much money, so they lent me the money. Um, and what happened was you were selected for the national team. Once we got into Australia, they were responsible for providing all our, our accommodation and travel. Um, and likewise, when their teams came to us, once they arrived, we would provide all their accommodation and uh, travel. And of course, we stayed in private hospitality while we were uh, uh, you know, in a, a locality. And when we were playing a test match, we were put into hotels. And that's, that's how it worked. That was the amateur association. We had to pay for all... Well, we, we were one of the first teams to be sponsored. Thanks very much to Rachel, the great Rachel Hayhoe Flint. She um, uh, worked very hard to get sponsorship. Marks and Spencer sponsored us and gave us clothing. So we were, one of again, one of the first teams to wear a uniform. We had red skirts. Uh, blouses or a, a white jumper and our blue blazers so we were in red, red white and blue so wherever we arrived we always had our red white and blue on but they also were very generous and gave us two dresses and uh, you know so we we looked quite smart when we arrived as a team or if we went to a reception it was it was great what about um your actual playing kit so whatever you you know your shirt um gloves, pads, uh, etc., bat even? Uh, well, we were allowed to receive sponsorship, so I always used a Grey Nichols bat. Um, Stuart Surridge, one of uh, Peter Rice's daughters, was in the, what, the school I was teaching in, so I used often used their gloves and pads, but Grey Nichols were my favourite uh, bats. The clothing, we had to buy our blazers and... Um, all our white. We played in shorts. We didn't play in trousers. Yeah. Um, so we we had to buy buy all that. We got a bit of a discount from the the, the store Lensmiths. It was. Um, right. But no, we we basically paid for ourselves. And when we went travelled to uh, territorial matches or county matches, we had to ask for permission for time off, and um, we had to pay all our own expenses. Quite incredible, and and what's what's amazing to hear that story is that having spoken to a number of other guests um, in the, the last few months, uh, that was still the case up until very recently, really. Um, so playing county cricket, yes. in fact, it's still the case now for for the majority of county cricketers, um, for uh, female county cricketers, that is, it's still um, an amateur sport. So they're still having to pay for their kit, for their transport, for their accommodation, um, etc. It's only those, I think, 41, 42 um, contracts that have been given out for the first time um, in the last 12 months. 
that those are the the chosen few that have um, become yeah. professional outside of the England setup. But what's quite remarkable for me listening to that story um, is that you know so you were selected to um, to go out to to, to Australia uh, to represent your country. Um, first of all, your employer. Um, didn't give you paid absence and secondly you had to pay 500 pounds yourself to get the flight so yeah so it would have you know you'd have been well out of pocket for uh, for that period but but what what yes, was well, sorry go on what, what were you going to say i could say we were on the way out we were supposed to go to south africa it's 1968 um but the dolivera affair blew up so they, the government then said, well, if you go to South Africa as a warm-up for 10 days, we will take our money back. So the Western Australian Association said, don't worry, come to Western Australia, we'll look after you, we'll provide um, teams to play against, practice nets, etc., etc." And, of course, what happens is you, you build up lifelong friends, you yeah. know, I... I still go out and see a friend in Western Australia and she comes over here, you know, to see her family. And it, it, it's just wonderful. You know, that was the best thing about it, staying in private hospitality. You meet and make friends that are lifelong friends. What's the um, what's the Australian term for that uh, private accommodation? They've got a phrase for it. Um, it's not bivouac. What's it called? Because we we hosted a, our club hosted an Australian school team um, a couple of years ago uh, prior to COVID and uh, and part of the arrangement was that um, their players would be put up with families um, but I can't remember the phrase they used uh, there was a phrase that the Australians maybe um, you can remember it but um, but yes I would imagine that if you um, if you stayed in private accommodation and you were there for so long um, that. You know, it's 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 not a surprise to me to hear that you made lifelong friends and and that and cricket whether you're an international um, representative like yourself or um, you know an amateur cricketer just starting out, it's it's one of those sports which does provide opportunities for friendships for life. Um, yeah. And and I I think that's one of the most uh, wonderful things about the sport. So um so how much travelling did you do? Was it Western Australia um, only we, or did you? We started in Western Australia. We spent Christmas in a hotel in Adelaide and we started the first test match in Adelaide um, on Boxing Day. Wow. Uh, and they were, was it, I'm trying to think, was it four-day tests? Um, then we travelled to Melbourne and played a test match there and then to Sydney. And we did go to Canberra in between. Um and of course, the other thing is, while while you're travelling and and staying in these places, you get government receptions, and uh, you know everybody wants to do their best for you. And if you're staying in private hospitality, they want to show you around. I mean, it, it really is probably the best way to see a country. Yeah. Um, and and it was just lovely. So we had two months in Australia, mm -hmm. and then we flew to New Zealand, and we had uh, test matches there. We drew all the test matches in Australia. We won the, uh, all the test matches. Oh, now my mind's gone. We certainly won test matches in New Zealand. And um, then we went to Fiji and Rachel had friends in America. And so we stopped off in San Francisco and played against a men's team on a matting wicket and then to New York and then flew home. So we had four and a half months 
months away and we had it was the best tour I ever went on because because of the way it was arranged and we had time you could rest mm. uh, between matches whereas now or the second time I went out to Australia I think we had one day off which was Christmas day and the rest of the time we were either traveling or playing and and it's you know and I think that's how the girls go now they they're, they're mm. really on the go the whole time yeah yeah I think you're right so, so what what other tours? You said that you went to Australia again, um, but what what other tours did you go on um, with England? Um, after that, uh, the the next that was sixty eight, sixty nine, and then Rachel spoke to the Wolverhampton businessman Jack Hayward, later Sir Jack Hayward. Yeah, Wolves football um, club owner. Yeah, that's right. A wonderful chap, lovely, lovely man, very generous, and he said he he said when Rachel spoke to him and asked him if he would be interested in sponsoring uh, women's cricket. He said, I love cricket. I love women. Why shouldn't I? <laughs> and so, so he sponsored a, uh, an unofficial trip to the West Indies. And then in 1971, he sponsored an official trip to the West Indies. And we played in Jamaica and Trinidad. And then he was talking to Rachel and they said, uh, hmm, let's bring all the countries that play cricket over to England. Let's have a World Cup. So that's how World Cup cricket started. It was the women who, who uh, held the first World Cup in 1973. And uh, Australia, New Zealand, and the West Indies hadn't combined then. So it was Jamaica and Trinidad, and the South Africans were invited. But sadly, the West Indies wouldn't come if South Africa came, because it was still obviously very raw with a apartheid and their policies so uh, an international team was invited and a young England team and England so those teams played in the World Cup and Jack very generously sponsored uh, all, all of that. Incredible and who, who, who um, came out victorious in that? Um, well England played Australia at Edgbaston in the final and England won. Hey. <laughs> and Princess Anne came and presented the trophy, the Hayward Trophy, which is at Lords. And did yes. and, and we did you play in that final? I did indeed. Yes, yeah. And so, what what were your yeah. um, what were your lasting memories of of that day? Oh, it was just we loved playing at Tedgebuston anyway, and um, it was just great. There was quite a good crowd in. Um, the day was fine. They had arranged a day after the final um, as a reserve date. Um, we won the, as I say, we won the World Cup. Uh, brilliant innings by Enid and or opening partnership by Enid uh, Bakewell and Lynn Thomas. Rachel went in three, I went in four, you know, so we had a, a very good day. Um, we couldn't celebrate that much because we had to play the rest of the world the next day as, as uh, it had been played. So it was good. But we were all put up in a hotel in Birmingham and it was just great. And Jack was just marvellous. He was the only man that I can ever remember being allowed to come into our changing room. <laughs> and did you did you get a medal or anything, uh, Chris? Was there a medal at all or...? We were given a medal, yes, um, and then <clears throat> in the World Cup, the in two thousand and seventeen, yeah. we were presented with an official medal, right, at the England match up in uh, Derby. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me, I've got 
frog in the throat. I think I've seen. I think I've seen uh, pictures of that um, presentation. Um, so yeah. that's that's a nice uh, accolade and uh, recognition, isn't it? Yes. Well, uh, Australia started it. They gave their teams uh, medals, and then England followed on, which was good. And went just a quick one about um, Trinidad because I've had the um, the good fortune of visiting Trinidad. So um, whereabouts did you stay when you when you went over there? Again, we were we stayed in a, a school, um, and <laughs> it wasn't the poshest of accommodation. It was quite basic, but it did served our purposes. And uh, yeah, so we stayed there, and we were looked after, you know, by the British High Commission, and uh, taken around, shown around. We went out onto Bucker Reef, and uh, mm. but it was a bit rough. We couldn't. Well, we could snorkel, but it was just a little bit rough. Um, we went to the opening of Carnival. Oh, yeah. Uh, which was just a, a great day. So we had a lovely time out there. They were very generous. Was there lots of um, steel pan music um, going on? Yes. Yeah. Best best rendering of the 1812 overture I think I've ever heard <laughs> on the street, streets of Port of Spain at six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. That's absolutely brilliant. Um, so yeah, so inaugural winners of the World, of World Cup in nineteen seventy three. Um, yeah, uh, batted number four, um, uh, and then had to play uh, the rest of the world the next day. So so what what happened after that? Uh, after that, Australia came to us in seventy six. Mm-hmm. We played the home series against Australia, and of course that was the first time. Thanks very much to Rachel and. Uh, the WCA, all their hard work, we got our first ladies' match at Lords. Right. Uh, one day. Um, and I was lucky enough to be in the team that played at Lords in, in 1976. So that was that was a day and a half because everything we did, whether you dropped a catch or took a catch or took a wicket or hit a run, it was making history. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and... and yeah, we lucky we had women umpires. It was lovely, and in fact, when we went out, we fielded first, and when we walked out to field, Rachel said we're not allowed in the long room, so we walked round the outside. We didn't go through the long room, which caused a little bit of embarrassment uh, to the MCC. And again, when we came off the field at lunchtime, we walked round, and then we were told after lunch we were to go out onto the field. Um, through the long room and we went through the long room and when we went out to bat we went through the long room so you did so, get that experience eventually but not to begin with not to begin with yeah right yeah um and is there any uh, did, was that recorded on television or anything do you know yes the bbc uh did a recording of it and um richie benno did the commentary fantastic uh, um, I don't know. I don't think the BBC have ever shown it. I, I don't know, you know where it is, but uh, I think uh, also there were one or two illegal copies made of the uh, video, so I have got a copy of it. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's great that you've got that. Um, just a copy of the highlight. Just a copy of the highlights. You know. Yeah, yeah. That the BBC did show. Yeah, and yeah. and what but were the scores? Nice commentating. Um, they scored a hundred and I think it was seventy odd, and uh, we got it with three wickets down. Oh, did you did you manage to bat then? 
Uh, yes, and uh, I'm pleased to say I, I hit the winning run. Brought up my fifty. <laughs> oh, what a fantastic, fantastic! So I've got fifty not out at Lords. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's that's that in itself just quite mind blowing, actually. Um, so, so I mean, I, I don't really know how to follow that. To, to what a perfect, what a perfect ending! You are making history. Ray, by... Rachel and I were out, and no, actually, we were only two wickets down. Enid scored a, a fifty. I think Lynn scored a fifty, and Rachel and I were batting at the end. So. And I batted number three that day, so yeah. Wow. Um, so that was seventy six, and uh, were you yeah. were you still um, employed at the time by the the school? Yes, but by then, after the first trip to Australia, all the local Sutton and Bromley, the local education authorities, they were very generous. I always got leave of absence and full pay. Right. And in the Bromley contract, it was you were allowed 10 days leave of absence for international honours. But the borough were always very generous. Bromley had, uh, you know, was very good at sport. We had a lot of good sports children, you know, county players, England players um, in the borough. And we all also the borough were very good. They organised every year a prize giving for all those who'd reach county standard and above and their civic hall was full and we always had a guest speak duncan goodhue or somebody like that to give the prizes away and it, it was just lovely you know so the bromley were very much into sport and and supporting of sport yeah that's good very to hear that's really good to hear so beyond the 76 um aussie tour to england and playing at lords and scoring the winning runs um, how how many more um, years were you involved in in international cricket or cricket of any type? Right. Well, we had uh, a World Cup in India. We had a World Cup in New Zealand, and uh, then there was a a Test match series in Australia in eighty four, eighty five, and I managed. I was the youngest player in 68, 69, and I was the oldest player in 85. <clears throat> and that's when I retired. After the test series, I retired and uh, helped out in the commentary box or whatever for the one-dayers. Did you say that was in Australia again in, in 85? Yes, yes, in 85, yeah. So I was lucky enough to go to Australia twice, New Zealand twice, the West Indies and India in my cricketing career amazing we played india what what was um, what was it like to go back to australia nearly 20 years after you made your your debut and had that wonderful first tour well it was just great to to meet up with people i hadn't seen for all those years and um we played on better grounds we played at the wacker in 85 whereas you know we hadn't played at uh, in perth in a test match um, and they played at the MCG in the one day, so that was totally different. Women's cricket was really on the up. And a good friend of mine, Anne Mitchell, she was the manager of the Australian team, and, and she did a lot of work for women's cricket out in Australia. Right. So that was, that was excellent. Yeah, and um, and you you said you were in a World World Cup in India as well. So what what was it like, um, you know, experiencing that country uh, and those conditions? Um, interesting. We stayed in hotels the whole time. <clears throat> we found it quite, I suppose, intimidating. Not intimidating, but 
quite different to see so many people around. You know, we started off in the old Calcutta, um, and it's the first and only time when we arrived in a country, we would get in a, a coach and go to, off to wherever we were going. And it's the only time I've known the team totally silent. We couldn't believe quite the poverty we were seeing. Mm. Um, but they looked after us very well. They weren't particularly well organised uh, um, the first time. Um, and England, Australia, New Zealand got together and said, look, we want an itinerary that is going to work. Otherwise, I'm afraid we're going to have to go home. And that was with the backing of the high commissioner, commissioners out there. Um, and so they did. They got it together and uh, we played in Hyderabad. Right. We, we, we played um, We played Australia in the final and sadly lost to that, um, on that one. Australia became very strong at the 20. They won in New Zealand as well. Yeah, yeah. So they, they became very strong. So from from when when you um, decided to uh, retire from playing, you said you went and did a bit of commentary, but you also mentioned earlier that you uh, got into coaching. So can you tell us a bit about that? Yes, I, when I was at uh, Langley, I went off and did my um, advanced coaching certificate, went up to uh, Lillishaw, and that's where it was. It was two women on the course and all the rest were men, some obviously ex-county players and some current county players. Um, and that was that was really good. So um, after that, I would go to places like Nonington College or uh, travel to wherever they want. You know, wanted a coach, and I would often do coaching award the youth coaching certificate as it was then, um, and help students and uh, improve their cricket and get the award. The other thing that we also had in women's cricket in England was we had a coaching week, which was open to any youngster, and it was always held at Malvern College, the boys' college. Yeah. We used to stay in number seven. And uh, we did a coaching week, and after the coaching week, we had an annual cricket week. Now, there would be about 12 teams, all down in the Col Colwell, Malvern area, all staying in private hospitality or camping or staying in hotels. And you could have in your... The, the captains tended to be England players or county players. And in your team, you could have another England player or you could have an absolute beginner and anybody in between. And people would come. Some people say, right, I'm coming down. Can I stalk, score for you this week? And we played a week of cricket against the other teams. And as I say, there could be 12 teams there. And they were we, two wicket, two matches would be played at Malvern. We'd play at Colwell on the village. We'd play at the Elms School. We'd play at Bulmers Hereford. And we had a fantastic week. And every team managed to uh, provide a team song. And on the last night at the village hall or the, at the pub, the horse and jockey, each team would sing their song and bring everybody together. And it was just a fantastic week. And any any team over touring, they they were invited to, to come to Cricket Week and you could have a, an Australian or a New Zealander in your Cricket Week team. So it, it was a lovely, lovely um, week. And people used to take annual holiday for that. Yeah, Claire, Claire Jenkins, um, who I know you know, 
she yeah. she absolutely loved that experience that uh, uh, she she talked she talked quite passionately about that week was it was yeah. it just just remind me was it was that organized by the uh, the WCA again or was that a separate yes yes always or, yes organized by the WCA in fact we used to call them the two Junes June Bragger and uh, June Howard were the organizers they lived in Birmingham so they'd come down they'd speak to um, the villagers in Colwell and you know offer well obviously the village we paid the villagers if they put us up but they arranged all the accommodation they arranged the teams they you know gave us our teams at the on the Sunday night and we'd play on the Monday you had to have a well you didn't have to have but you got your score sheets you got your two new balls and a, an old ball and you appointed somebody to be the cleaner and the polisher of the ball um somebody would be responsible for the team song somebody would be responsible for offering transport and arranging that your team got to wherever so it was just great and it just did bring everybody together and con holden betty snowball ex-england cricketers uh would come they'd base themselves at the elm school where betty snowball taught and they'd be there sitting there and you could have a chat with them. And I mean, they did the 34 trips and things like that in 1934. So it was just everybody getting together. It was a lovely, lovely week. And is that is that um, still going strong or has, has it uh, changed uh, in any way? I think, it, yes, because I don't, well, for a start, I don't think the England players no. can get there. Um, and also, I think they have about four teams now and they're based at the village ground. And I was very pleased to see that Colwell Village won the um, village championship last year at, uh, at Lords. Mm-hmm. And Kim Berry, who who was, uh, I think he was the president. Well, he was one of the, you know, local lads when I was going and first went there. And uh, his family lived, backed onto the village green. And his mum and dad were good cricketers. You know, mum always provided the teas for them. So I've known the Berry family for a very long time, but I was very pleased to see they won the village championship. Yeah, that's a that's a lovely story in itself. So so it so the festival is still going, um, but in a still in a, going, but I yeah. think they only have about four teams now. Yeah, yeah, maybe uh, the equivalent of the two Junes or. Um, or someone else who you know has had experience of it in the past could resurrect it to its former glory and try to not not necessarily in the same uh, way because as you say the England players wouldn't be allowed etc. But maybe more for uh, the county players. Well, yes, we used to play our county matches and play that. But when the league came in for the county matches and that became a week of cricket for the county players, it stymied oh, right. the, the call the because way. they couldn't take some of them couldn't take two weeks off, you know, and, and play in both things. So it was a great shame when that uh, county championship was all put into a week, you know, whereas we used to play some of our county matches on a Saturday and some on a Wednesday. Mm. And at the weekend, I could be up in Yorkshire playing against Yorkshire on the Saturday and playing against the West Midlands on the Sunday yeah. and then come home and back to school on Monday. So, you know, that that's why the numbers dwindled, I'm afraid. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's been again. I think one of those challenges that the ECB in more recent years have recognised is the amount of travel uh, that uh, female cricketers um, needed to to make in order to um, to play games. Um, it wasn't a case of it being 
you know, uh, regionalised um, for a long time. He had to travel a long distance to get uh, matches in. Um, yeah. But I think that's improving now. So, so, um, so then uh, beyond the uh, the Malvern Week, the Malvern Festival, um, you know, how how much more involved and how did he stay involved in the game uh, since then? When I when I retired, I, as I say, I did a coaching, but I also became an England selector. Um, so I, you know, again, that spent you spent a lot of time travelling around, um, looking at the youngsters. But uh, again, it was it was good fun, and it was lovely to you know see the youngsters coming on. And then after I'd been a selector, things started to change with the ECB taking over. Um, I didn't see much cricket at all. Uh, but in the last few years, I was out in Australia um, watching the... I was at the MCG with the final India-Australia in the last uh, T20. I was at Lords for the England win against India. We were invited as ex-players, those of us who played um, in a World Cup. We were invited to Lords, which was lovely. So, uh, yeah. And, you know, I, I want to get back out to Australia again and see some more cricket and hopefully some of my friends will come over when we're hosting a competition so if covid allows well i hope so uh, because um it's very clear uh, listening to you and chatting with you today chris that um in terms of a life in cricket connected to cricket what a fulfilling uh, life it's been and you've you've um, referenced the word fun all the way through from start to finish You've referenced uh, the importance of friendship all the way through from start to finish. And you've been incredibly modest about um, your personal achievements. But it was lovely to hear you uh, describe uh, that moment where you hit the winning runs to get to your 50 um, and uh, and finish not out um, and win uh, win that game um, for the first time that women had played at Lords. Um, so it's, it's been a, a real pleasure and a joy to uh, to chat with you and to hopefully you you've enjoyed reminiscing a little bit about um you know playing uh, the game that has been such a significant part of your life um and uh, we really really appreciate you giving the time and thank you once again well thank you very much for organizing it tom it's been a great pleasure i've thoroughly enjoyed it That's again great. fun <laughs> good <laughs> thanks very much chris okay thank you bye thanks for listening everybody As a reminder, each Cricket Coach 365 podcast will be released every Friday at 6pm on Spotify and Apple Play. After listening, please leave us a positive review on Spotify and share it with your friends and contacts. You can also follow us on Instagram at cricket underscore coach 365. Have a great day.